Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? It is Real Time with Prince Blue. Today is the 4th of March. It is a Thursday, and it is another Behind the Badge episode of Real Time with Prince Blue. This is 2.0. Um, we're going with this episode again because thanks to y'all, we had, a, um, and when I say y'all, I mean the audience, we had a phenomenal response to the last episode, and there was a lot of questions in the comments that um, weren't answered because we were uh, we had a lot of content to go through. And when we went back through the episode, we saw that a lot of people had a lot of questions that um, went unanswered. So me and uh, my guest uh, again, my, my guest again, uh, retired uh, Sergeant Jonathan Stepp, he's back with me again. And next to him, we're gonna get into that guest again, a legend. Uh, we're, we're going to let him introduce himself. Um, we're going to um, answer your questions uh, that you may have had. Um, we're going to go through that again, and we're just going to um, we're just going to we're just going to get into it. Um, I know that a lot of people had some. I won't say issues, but they had some concerns with the tone of which the show went. So we're here to clear that up as well. Um, we got a little bit of feedback, so we're gonna um, work on that a little bit. Jay, you hear the feedback? I don't have it. Okay. Um, so uh, we're gonna work through that, and we're gonna um, feel free, please, in the comment section, any uh, questions, comments, concerns, bitch, gripes, complaints, please let it be known. But I'm going to introduce my two guests uh, that I have with me right now. First, uh, we got him again. One more again. We got Mr. Retired, recently retired CMPD Sergeant Jonathan Stett with us once again. Uh, and then we got that handsome gentleman next to him. Tell him who you are, sir. John Collins. Retired. John Collins. <laughs> John Collins. No, 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 no. You, you know, got to tell them who you are. Who exactly is John Collins, sir? I'll let John do it. So, <laughs> so anybody that's been on CMPD for more than uh, five minutes has probably heard of at least at least a story or two from recruit training or and 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 vice or narcotics mm. uh, training about John Collins. So. He's a legend. He he's one of the few officers that I looked up to, you know, coming up uh, as a younger officer. Uh, he's my hero. He's you know he great cop. Uh, he spent how many years you spent in Vice? About eleven. Eleven years in Vice. Yeah. He's a homicide detective, city of Charlotte. Uh, how, how long? We can't. I started uh, from eighty five till two thousand ten. Yep, and he did. Yeah. So he did homicide. He did. Uh, he started helped start VCAT. Yep. Uh, so he was original VCAT team. Yeah. Him and uh, who were who the original guys on the team? Harry Inch, Harry. Shane Page, Andy Hall, Ryan Wetzel, uh, Steve Altman. Uh, Brad Altman is what we started with. And then uh, we kind of – it went from the robbery offender apprehension team to the robbery offender prevention team to VCAT. Yeah. And you use your own imagination why we called it VCAT. It's not something I'm going to share on here because it might not be appropriate. Yeah. And to and to those who um, 
may be listening who may not be aware. Um, the reason why um, Mr. Collins has um, joined us is because this is what this is what we were is an extension of what we were talking about um, yesterday. Uh, Mr. Collins has been retired from CMPD. Uh, when did you retire? 2010. 2010. And here it is. It's 2020. And he's still. Uh, friends with uh, Johnson Step. This is what we talked about when we when we mentioned the brotherhood. And just because you retire, it doesn't mean you're gone. You're done with um, your brothers and sisters in blue. They, these are uh, relationships and friendships that last a lifetime. And it doesn't have to stop. It doesn't end with that final call out, with that final um, with that final radio call. Um, keep going. Uh, keep reaching out to your brothers and sisters because they're doing they're doing well they're thriving out there and some of us may need help and it may take that one phone call to come have dinner come bowl come shoot come hunt come hey just say hey how you doing that's all it takes and um i'm glad to have you sir um Thank glad you. to have you for this q and a oh yes sir and this is going to be fun and um i wanted to start it off gentlemen with um one of the things that um one of the issues that was brought up about last week's um show was the tone which it came across as we complained about officers and i wanted to address that to where me and john's purpose of last week's show was never to complain about officers. Our purpose was to shine a light on the morale of officers and how we can improve it, how we can make it better, how our brothers and sisters are hurting and how we can reach out to them and make it better for them past, present and future. That was the whole idea of the show. How can we make it better? How can administration make it better for our brothers and sisters? Not, we don't care about how, how bad it has been. We want to know how can they make it better? Am, am I wrong about that, John? No, 100%. So, and also like I mentioned is what we're trying to do is, change things for the people who are there. We're, we, we, we care enough still not involved. Uh, when I was in my shooting in 2016, the next day, John showed up at my house to check on me. So that's what we need. That's the kind of brotherhood you're talking about that we need. So we're, we're trying to bring more of a issue of the culture of the department and, and not, not because of, you know, if something negative happened to us or not, it is to, is to be with the, uh, the current officers. That's what we care about as a, as, as I'm retired, you know, a lot of people who retire, they turn around and, and, and they, they beat feet and you never see them again. I still care about the people I worked with. John still cares about the people that not only he worked with, but are still police. We're, we're brothers in blue. So it doesn't matter if I worked with them or not. I care about these people. And, and they don't have a voice. There's no one sticking up for the underdog. That's why I was surprised in some of the negative comments is we're trying to make changes for the better for the for the officers that are that are still there. We're not trying to – we can't change anything that happened to us or, 
or whatever. But we, you know, you're retired. I've got to, I reti we're all, all three of us are retired. We've retired in good terms. We have retired IDs. We were, we're, we're retired. We didn't get fired. We didn't resign. We're, we're retired. So, uh, John, what, what do you think about? Well, I think a lot of it too, um, it, it, we are here to support the current law enforcement, the current badge and the ones that are retired. I mean, we support the whole blue line. And I think that, and I'm going to step out on a limb here and, and you might, you might saw it all for me there blue, but, uh, I think in order for things to get better at CMPD, you need to have a command staff that is, has a better understanding of police work. Sure. Um, administratively, you have uh, a lot of people that are that are, and I'm not I'm not bashing, so I don't want anybody to say that I'm bashing. And you can call it what you want to. But the fact of the matter is, there are several folks in the command staff, and I and I love most of them to death. That have never really gone out and worked the streets and done real cop work. They're good administrators, sure, but they've never been in the streets in that foot pursuit or in that shooting or in that chase. And I think that's where a lot of the morale issues come from as well. Um, in, in order to get a better understanding of what we do as street cops, what we do as detectives, what we do in VCAT, vice narcotics. So when those things happen, you don't have to put somebody on paper for everything they do. No, exactly. um, you know, it's, it's one of these things sometimes in areas, depending on where you work, and it doesn't make a rat's rip if you're black, white, purple, pink, or blue. Some people don't understand Sir, do this or sir, do that. Sir, do this. Sir, would you do this? You have to make them understand. And sometimes your language may be, you know, outside of what it would normally be. Sometimes that's what it takes to get that point across. You better know you're serious about what's getting ready to happen if you don't comply. It's a de-escalation. I mean, absolutely. So, so by us sometimes raising the level, you know, Blue, you know how many times we've been at Belmont Allen, and that's pretty, that used to be back in the day a pretty, I'm sure you probably yeah. bought those. That's a pretty aggressive area back in the day, right? So you, the, sometimes, but once they, once you bring it up, sometimes it de-escalates and brings it back down. And does it look professional? No, I, my, my father's going to ride along with me and he's a pastor. So he's a little surprised when we're rolling through Belmont and, and I've got to be a little aggressive. He's like, well, that's not professional, but he understands when I explain it to him. The need for that. See, my my dad was a cop. My dad was uh, in Georgia. He was chief of police in Rome, Georgia. My brother's a, uh, an investigator for the Department of Corrections there. So it's been in my blood. But you know, my dad, at the same time, you know, is it's one of those things where at the end of the day, your job then days to go home at night. That's our job. It's my job to make sure I go home. It's my job to make sure the people I work with go home. And that's the end of the day. We take care of each other, and that's what we should do. And I think we've gotten away from that due to, you know, whatever reason. Uh, but it's one of those things that we've lost track of. Now, let me play, okay, as as the, I, okay, I, I am the only, I am new, uh, breaking news. I'm the only black guy here on this broadcast. So. I, I'm going. I'm going to play. I'm going to play the black guy from Belmont and Allen, or the black citizen. When police say it's my job to go home at night, mm -hmm. when when some when some black citizens hear that, they automatically go to, well, why does that necessarily mean that? Why does that entail my rights being violated? Now, that's that's kind of convoluted because 
most of the time, a lot of people don't know what the hell their rights are. Absolutely. And they think that if I, for instance, hey, um, license and registration, I don't have to give you shit. Well, you kind of do. <laughs> if I stop you for a driving offense, license registration, you kind of do. People get hung up on like, you know, what I don't or do not have to do, blah, 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 blah. So when you say, John and John, my job is to go home at night. And now as a black person, we want to go home at night too. How do you bridge that gap? And how do you make sure to de-escalate already a tense situation now as you as you approach each other when you got a when you got a job to do and now our job is to go home as well i think i think the, the, the i'm not sure if it's the correct answer but it's my answer is that if once they comply and there is compliance then you explain why well this is why this happened i think i think that's the lack there's a lack of communication and verbalization it doesn't always have to be aggressive mf this mf that um I've worked Statesville Avenue, Fairview Homes when it was out there, Wyatt Street, Kenny Street, and there was a respect, mutual respect. Yep. And I think that's what we've lost track of. Uh, I think a lot of that is you've got young officers that you go out and you deal with someone that's been in the streets a long time or they've dealt this or they've dealt that or they're, they're street people. I mean, they, they don't have a home. They don't know how to communicate. There's a lack of communication. There's a lack of experience. And that comes with dealing with people. Yep. It doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. It comes over time. And you learn that. And that happens because you've got younger training officers training young officers. Yep. You don't have officers that have been doing this for 20 years training a rookie. And I think that's, I think that's, that's part of it. And some people, it's just their upbringing. They don't know how to communicate. And, and Blue, you hit on that. We both hit on last week about uh, the communication gap the culture in the areas that you work, uh, you know, um, you know, I don't say you, you don't, you treat it in the respect. You, you, we brought up last week and John's brought up just because I have a badge on doesn't mean that person's going to respect me when I get out of the car. Okay. Uh, they, if anything, they're not going to respect me because I have a badge on. I have to earn that respect and sometimes show a mutual respect. Sometimes you have to be stern and, and keep it real, but, to earn that mutual respect goes a long ways because the neighborhoods we work, you know, you're usually assigned a response area inside of division. You're, I worked Belmont the whole time I was in Eastway and I'm dealing with the same people time and time again. And if I have that mutual respect, when I deal with them the next time, uh, it, the, the interaction goes a lot smoother. If I, if I show that I, I can't get out and disrespect somebody, you know, I, I can't, get badge heavy is what we call it is where you get out and say, Hey, you know, respect my authority, do what I tell you to, uh, you're not going to get respect and that doesn't go very far. And it's just, it's from, like we said, lack of training and lack of experience. And I think a lot of that too is if you go back to the old age, treat people the way you want to be treated yeah. until you have a reason not to, it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why I was raised. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah. Some people won't let you treat them that way. But I think if you do that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's there's just, some people, yeah. the amount of respect you show them, right. you're still going to have to use force. They're still not yeah. going to comply. And you're and ultimately, you're going to have to use force. But how many uses of force, Blue, just have we, you know, buzzword, de-escalated from just the way we talk to people? We caught it back in the day.
verbal judo. And so it was yeah. you know, de-escalation back then. So, but how many times could we use force? How many times in my career have I could have, could I have shot somebody if I wanted to? If I just Absolutely. wanted to shoot people, I could have shot a lot of people, probably maybe one a week, you know, if, if I just wanted to be justified. But that's not the standard we set for ourselves. We took an oath. Right. It were professionals, we're trained, and ultimately we're there to protect those people. When the drug dealer gets robbed or shot, we show up. Sometimes they don't like us anyway, but we show up to protect yeah. them. And, and that's what's important. But. Yeah, and one of the things that I think people really um, forget is that we have to as police, we have to sometimes understand that we too are dealing within our own culture. We're dealing with different backgrounds, different views, different communities, different political structures, different religions, different Everything. backgrounds. And, it, it, and people don't understand, it's like a high school. All the drama, yes. you got the clicks, yes. you got the clicks, and people don't get along. Just people think just because you're a cop that we're, you know, it it's it's stressful. You know, you got a division. We have 13 divisions in Charlotte. Each division has about 100 officers. You know, then you have you know another four or 500 officers and other other commands and stuff. But it's it's just like a high school. You know, you got clicks, you got shifts, you got supervisors that don't get along. You got backstabbing. You got you you have. You still have the good old boy system there too. Yeah, I mean you really do. You know, and until you get away from that, and, and until you get away from that and get some command staff to know what police work's all about, we're stuck. I got a I got a question uh, for you guys. Um, what did you What did you see in a department that Brass did where it would um, quote fuck patrol over knowing that it wasn't right? Where do you want to start? Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, where do you start want to start? Wherever. You have. Start wherever. Let me think, because I, I mean, I'm just trying to think of what. Well, okay, I can tell you this: there, there are people in command staff, and I'm not going to name names. I may yeah. later, you know, but there are people in command staff that are being during board hearings that are judging other officers, and they have no reason to. They, they shouldn't be judging because they shouldn't still be in that position. So by have, being in that position to judge officers on what they've done wrong, when they themselves probably should have been terminated. Interesting. Go on. Go on, John. So they Go should on. have maybe not even had a job, even though they may have um, supposed to be. Got the second chance them themselves. Absolutely. <laughs> but you're passing judgment on an officer on what he did. He thought what he did what he thought was right. And now you've got that person sitting in a position to judge somebody. Everybody suffers for that. Everybody, the department, the officer, and unfortunately command staff, because you have a command staff as weak as water. And I, and I'll say, it. I don't, I don't You're care. Right. Um, have some, have a set, have a set, make a decision based on what you think's right. And then justify why you made that decision. Yeah. They always make the decision on what they think the higher ups won't, and that's that's the wrong way to do. And business. I've seen that as a, as a sergeant, I've seen a lot of supervisors. They base their decisions based on what the rank above them is going to think, Absolutely. because they want to be in agreement. Where that wasn't my style. But the thing is, if if the officer doesn't do anything wrong, 
and it looks bad. The perception's bad. It doesn't matter. We have to. And Putney was really. I, I like Putney. He was good for it. There were some incidents that came across, and, and they were getting criticized for. It, and he stood up for the officer because he articulated it. And if he couldn't do it, he had someone who who could. Why that was within policy or law. But too many times, officers are getting thrown under the bus for doing their job. So the perception now is, hey, if I don't if I don't do anything. If I don't get out of that suspicious person, I don't get in trouble. If I don't make that traffic stop, I don't get in trouble. So what you have is everyone, the, the crime rates up. And I can tell you why, because officers are engaging people. We're not getting out of people. Like yeah. back in the day in Belmont, you remember we drive through and you get out with somebody that's known to be a drug dealer or have a gun, get out with them, talk to them, uh, maybe do the air or whatever. You ask for consent or do a Terry Frisk and, and prevent that crime that maybe can, now you don't have that. So now you just like hands off because I, I can tell you multiple times that officers taking the proactive stance find bad guys and then end up getting in trouble because they say a curse word when the person's trying to kill them. And it's just you, you, can, you cannot well, as a as a good as a leader, you don't have to put everybody on paper. That's not being a good leader. A good leader can pull you off to the side and say, Hey, you know what I'm saying? You can explain things and you can teach them. A leader teaches people. They don't you know, oh my God, your, your top button's not button, so I'm gonna write you up. That's the that's the way the department has gone, and mm-hmm. and that's the way they've they've got their supervisors thinking uh, from your sergeants, your lieutenants, you know, on up. I mean, you don't have to put people on paper to get your point across and to be a good leader and a good supervisor. Let me let me give an example of where I think the department is setting a bad precedent and where it's making officers not want to do above and beyond. I got into a a um chase where it was multiple, I mean it was it was multiple um armed robbery suspects. Um got into a high speed chase, multiple divisions, got behind the car, um multiple divisions, got behind them, car got um into a parking lot, stopped, got out, um, uh, forgot to put the car in um park. Suspects got out, started chasing them. Suspect jumped over, chasing them, run, got them, uh, put them all in cuffs, whatever, got them, got them all cuffed, uh, found multiple weapons on them or whatever the case may be. It was uh, multiple saw, multiple clearance, all that stuff. All those kudos, blah, blah, blah. You know I got written up because I forgot to put my car in park and it rolled forward and hit the stolen vehicle. That's ridiculous. And and what I always said is at least put it in context. If if they wrote me up because I cursed at a civilian, it's well, can you put in there that they ran my car and they were trying to reach for a gun to kill me when I cursed? So put it in context. Say, hey, good job doing A, B, C, and D. But a lot of times the only thing they focus on is the negative and not the good. And a lot of times, nine times out of 10, the officers that are doing good are going to outweigh any negative. So, mm-hmm. so, and, and things are going to happen. High stress, uh, adrenaline's going. I've I've jumped out on people plan time for getting put in, have to chase a car down. They get away, but you mm-hmm. know, but uh, it, it happens, man. Those are honest mistakes that. But this is my thing, Jay. Like, how many times have we been taught get out of that car? Because that split second, they can get out. Bang. Absolutely. Like you're worried about putting the car in park, and they getting out. That. 
They're already letting off four or five rounds right. in the windshield, and you're worried about getting rolled up because you're trying to put the damn car in park. Turn your body camera on or do something. So yeah. there was an officer killed last week in Virginia before he even got out of his car making a traffic stop. The guy, you know, I think it was after a chase, the guy yeah. killed him. It happens. And and like we talked about last week, we've all been in officer-involved shootings. You know, and, and John worked out of the department – we lost a lot of officers during the time that that Collins was at the department, and you know, Red. We lost the officer on Red Roof off Nations Ford. We lost uh, Gene Griffin. Gene Griffin. We we lost to, to violent assaults and shot. You know, and then we've been fortunate as an agency not. We haven't lost anybody since Sheldon uh, uh, Clark. Clark on Wood. Uh, Absolutely. Well, you know, Fred. 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 Yeah. We Fred. lost Thornton. Yeah. Officer yeah. Thornton. Yeah. 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 And then, but we've been fortunate as an agency in a city to, I mean, it's happened in Concord. It's happened, you know, recently. Belmont, Mount Holly. Belmont. So it's just a matter of time. And, uh, it, and it's, it's a dangerous job. And, you know, at, you know, John Cat when we had an officer shot, uh, John scooped him up, threw him in the back of the car and, uh, took him to the hospital and, you know, pretty much thought he was dead. And I mean, how do you deal with that? So, so, if, if we don't stick together, and I'm not saying stick together, cover, cover up for what officers do, uh, we have to hold everybody accountable and each other accountable. But it's we're we all we're all we have. The admin, most of the admin, they don't take up force. The media is against us. Most of the people, there's a silent majority, majority on like where are they at. But the only the only things that we hear from the community are the negative. Yeah. So so. Everyone feels like it as an officer, you feel like everyone's against you. No one takes up for you. So why go out here and do a job and not only put your livelihood, your career, and in your your name or you're worried about being on the news at risk for, for people who don't care about you? It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to do. You know, and it's like when you when when we worked undercover in advice in the nineties, we may work 36, 40 hours straight. Mm-hmm. We gave the job and we gave the job more than I ever gave my family. You know, and then when you're gone, you realize, man, you know, I, I lost a lot. I lost a lot of time with my kids, um, you know, and that's and we we do that. I mean, advice, like I said, advice, we worked. You didn't do it for the money. That's for We sure. did it yeah. for the love of the job. Yeah. yeah. You know, and the love of the job is slowly diminishing because of of the way that law enforcement's perceived now. I mean, these guys, they've turned great officers into you know, saying you're a, you're a police officer now is kind of dirty. You like want to hide it. You like yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Like you used to be proud to say, "Yeah, hey, what do you do for a living?" Unless you're like some secret squirrel stuff where you like, you know. But yeah. now you know you're like you're like careful. Like you don't because for your family, for people right. around you, for people just to perceive automatically, you just go around just around people. Uh, Cutting up coke and putting it in your car and yeah, just you know just all types of that's right. stuff. Imagine not being able to grow hair and, and and be bald like me. And then the, you know the as soon as you say that they they have some some bias to say the least. When I, I got another, yeah. I got another question, uh, JC. You can answer this, and then let's fast forward to bringing it to me uh, uh step. They see back then, uh, how was the department with mental health and 
shootings and dealing with um, mental health issues back then. And then fast forward it. Um, step. Let's see how. Let's compare it to how they deal with it now, as far as the department. I was involved in my first shooting, May twelfth, nineteen eighty-seven. Stole a suspect, attacked me with a knife in the woods when I located him. Um, we fought for a moment. I ended up on my back. I shot him twice. Um, he survived. Um, they put me on admin. I was on admin for about a week. I went and saw the uh, saw the city doctor, who says. He goes, can you tell me what happened? Well, you got the file in front of you. I mean, you you know, you're trying to, and this is, I don't live in the park, not even two years. And um, we go through the spill. He said, can you do it again? I said, yes, sir. I sure can. Well, how do you know? I said, well, I'll tell you this. You put a steak knife in your hand and you try to attack me. I said, I'm going to shoot your ass too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I'm going yeah. to yeah, take survive. care of it. Yeah. You know, it's, he goes, okay, you go back to work. That was the extent of it. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to say who the doctor is. But I didn't see, I was involved in a, a few more shootings and, you know, never saw, but I didn't see anybody. I didn't see a shrink. I had an, I had an AD, uh, I had an AD. We were fighting a suspect for a few ounces of Coke in the back of a car on Wellingford and North Tryon Street, right there at the little post office. Uh, he started resisting in the car. And when I tried to pull him out, when I did, my finger came across the trigger and I blew the windshield out of the front of the car. AD, my bad, no bit. You know, was, I had I had two shooting boards on the same day, because two weeks earlier, two weeks later, I was involved in another shooting on a robbery suspect. So, you know, it's one of those things. But I never, there are things that sit in the back of your head, but there was never a um, let's go talk about this with somebody. You know, it was one of those. Okay, you're good to go. And then those things sit here in your brain, and the longer you go, and they just pile up and pile up and pile up. You know, the plane crash in 2004 in the hangar. I was in a sign of homicide at the time, uh, working for Sergeant Athey and Captain Mulhall. And my responsibility, as was the units, was to remove metal from the bodies, take their personal belongings off their bodies, put them in a bag that coincided and write the toe tag number on that bag and give it to the FBI or NTSB, whoever took it. Those are things that sit with you. Yeah. And, and I don't care what anybody says. If you've ever done a lick of police work, you suffer from PTSD. It's a matter of when and how it comes out. Yeah. Now, I can't say that for the command staff because I don't think 90% of them have done real cop work. And, and I stand by that. And I'll say, and, and I'm not saying anything to you in here at this podcast. I will say to their face, you know, um, yeah, I, I was assigned to patrol. Yeah, but how many, how many, what did you do? You answered your calls. And if you answered your calls, you suffer from it because all your calls aren't, you know, just hunky dory call. They call the police for a freaking reason. They don't call us because they, you know, they hit the lotto, <laughs> you know, they call because their spouses beat their ass or, you know, they got other things going on and it's our job to go there and mediate those things. And, and now you may have to go fight somebody, shoot somebody. The message bad. Yeah. And, um, and it's a tough deal, but I, I don't think now they, even with Kayvon shooting, when Kayvon was shot, we had a round table inside a conference room downstairs. Um, and that was a tough deal. That was tough for me uh, because when we opened the back door, the guy stood up and started shooting at us. You know, and we leave. And then when I, I leave my position because I can hear Kayvon kicking that door. It's me, John. It's me, Kayvon. And I tell you, when you, you get auditory exclusion, there's things you hear and things you don't hear. 
And uh, I knew he'd been, I knew he was down and we got there and we pulled him out, but we had a round table discussion, but, and it may have been made available to us, but it wasn't told to us. Hey, if you need to talk to somebody, that's a perfect, I mean, you'd probably get out to talk to somebody, you know? And then, like I said, things pile up and pile up over 25, 26 years. Shit. I can't tell you how many yeah. bad things I saw. You forget, you know, like what we were talking about before, and I was talking to the officer earlier today, is we deal with something on Monday that they probably give the average person PTSD. Well, Tuesday we forgot because we yeah. just had something on Tuesday. It, you, you throw it to the back and because there's something else that's going to just take its place. And then you think about that for a day or two and something else happens. And you just toss it back and you never deal with it. And it's taboo. And I know it was back then to say, I mean, what would have happened in 87 or whenever you say, uh, hey, I need, you know, I, I might need some more counting. You know, I'm because after my shooting, my problem was I had a week off and, I, you know, I went to the psychologist. Uh, I broke down about some other, some other stuff came up and they're already good to go. And, uh, you know, my partners got shot beside me a week ago and I was in a big gun battle. And now I'm back at work. And in my mind, I was like, I got to get back out there and hit it hard. So I'm, I'm out there making stops. And in my mind, I'm like, it's going to happen again. Every every time I, I'm, I, what, what, what scared me was I was on Red Roof. We had an officer killed on Red Roof back in the 90s. Mm -hmm. I'm coming off the high crime area off Nation 4 near 77. And the first contact I had with somebody, it's, it's, beginning of April, my windows are down. We ride around with the windows down, even the cold. So, we could hear if we're getting shot at right over here. Some yelling. So I'm driving down and I hear, Hey, and I look to my left and there was a guy that come across the red river parking lot and you're reaching like this. Well, my like, shit, here we go again. And I'm, I'm, I'm from a seated position and I'm punching out the window and I'm getting ready to shoot the guy thinking he's going for a gun. And he was, he was some, some homeless guy, crackhead. He's getting his ID out to see if he had warrants, you know, one of those people, but it scared the shit yeah. out of me. Because yeah. I'm like, yeah. I better smoke this dude because I'm like, and I, and I, and I, and he kind of knew it, but what do you say? I can't go back and go, Hey dude, I need, I need some time off because my, you know, I started reaching out to some people. I'm like, my intensity level is way up here. And, and it, it's, it, you got, you got to deal with it. I think part of it too is, is, and I, I'm not, I can't speak for everybody, but yeah, each person's different. Yeah, and to I think a lot of people think that if I ask for help, it takes away from my masculinity. Yeah. It takes away, you know, it takes away from, and it does. It's just the opposite. It's just the opposite. With John Wayne, with John Wayne, right? Absolutely. You, you, and you think what we deal with having to tell, like you said, like tell a loved one your son's dead, or you know your 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 wife's been killed in a car wreck, or whatever it is, and how many death notifications you've had to give, and. And how bad that hurts or see a child killed or hurt or innocent people dead or any, and, and you just have to sit there with a blank look. Can, can you, I also, can I also, can I also throw in there how many times somebody is hurt or a child is hurt and we got the scumbag right in front of us, but we got to do our job and we want to twist that motherfucker out or and they we just, can't do it. They just and Beat down a kid or their wife, or you know, just and we just want to we want to do something very, very awful to that person, but we can't. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because we squirrel to this badge. And, I, and, and I'll tell people all the time, you know, a lot of people are like, if you didn't have that badge, I'm like, well, one, if you were that hardcore, this badge wouldn't stop you from doing something. I said, two, this badge is protecting you right now because if yeah. I had this badge on, bad things will happen to you. Yeah, it's one of those, if I take it off, it ain't going to go well for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put all my stuff in the trunk. And, and, and if you're still standing here, it's going to go south for you pretty quick. Absolutely. I try to tell people all the time, like the, the one thing that I think I still struggle with, even being retired, is anything that has to do with women or children, it like it still haunts me to this day. I remember I was still in PTO phase and we all remember that one call or incident that makes you think do I want to do this mm -hmm. and I can remember it was I got out with uh, a female who was walking pacing back and forth um, my PT officer said to get out with her um, talk with her um, she gave me a fake name I couldn't find her in the system I didn't like hey we're not finding the system, so this either going to go one or two ways. Either you got something going on, you're hiding something, or you're not who you say you are. So she finally gives me the, the right name. So she's come up missing. She has several uh, warrants in, in the system. She's a teenager. She's uh, she, got, she got drug charges and prostitution charges. We call mom. Mom says, hey, she's been... She's hooking up with the wrong guy. He's got an out here prostitution. She's addicted to crack. I got four other kids to worry about. I'm done with her. I'm done with her. She Mom comes on scene and she's like, I'm done with you. I don't want anything to do with you. You take her. The daughter's like screaming like, Mom, don't do this. Don't do this. And I kid you not. Like I got in the car like, and my PTO, he looked at me. He said, I know that look you look like you're in that part where you may not want to do this anymore. And he was right. And it, and I had to make a decision right then. And that's the part that I need people to understand that you have all these resources to, if you're out of shape, if you can't do a push up, if you can't shoot, if you can't pass, uh, ordinance tests or anything like that but mentally psychologically if you're not dealing with something right there's there's not enough resources out there for these That's officers true. and and it's and it's hurting and it's hurting the public when these officers is out here doing these things to where the public is like why is that officer still in the force that is why because there's things adding up to these terrible incidents where it's like these things could have been prevented and this is why we need these we need administration to understand it didn't have to get to this point yeah. you could have been stopped this if yeah. you if you stopped it at point a before it got to point z and i think a lot of that goes back you're absolutely right you hit the nail on the head i think a lot of that goes back to to the people running the department um that have never done it. You've never experienced that. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I can agree with you. I mean, I, we all had those calls. I'm not sure this is cut out. My dad's cop. 
My dad was a cop for 20 something years in Georgia. And in my head, I'm, you know, I'm going to be a badass on my daddy. You know, I'm going to do this job and be the best I can be at it. But there's that one thing when you are in a PTO phase and it may happen soon. I mean, mine happened when I had to give a, a dead child CPR. I had just come out of my training phase and I can tell you it happened at Evergreen Trailer Park on Old Concord Road. And I can tell you your name. Yeah. You know, it's things that, that stick when you go, I'm not sure I can do this because I'm looking at those parents that are looking at me to do something to save their child. Different than your situation, but it's the same thing. You know, I'm not sure I can do this shit, yeah. you know. And you have to learn almost to stay sane and you can only do is turn it off. And it's a, you know, there's a responsibility for the officer to step up and say, Hey, I need help. But what needs to be available is the culture at the police department and the admin. They need to be receptive to that and have uh, resources in place. Like we talked about if, you know, all the resources we have for crime victims, absolutely for everybody else. But what about the officer? We're experiencing some of the same traumatic events uh, than some of the crime victims, and, and on, but on a daily, daily basis. And there's, there's nothing in place and there's taboo. And I know there, there's been a, numerous officers that reached out to me uh, and I'm having issues, but they, they can't get help. They don't know where to get help. And they're scared to come forward because they're worried about retaliation or being labeled, uh, you know, a head case or, or you know, PTSD and, and ruin the career. And, you know, John was a big resource to me, for me, you know, a veteran officer that I respected for me when I started having problems for me to turn to and, and you know, like, hey, you know, you know, my my buddy, you know, one of my friends, you know, been 12 deployments in, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan combat employments. And, you know, he was, a, you know, you probably know what I'm talking about Eastway. And I'm like, and how, why should I have problems when this guy's done so much more and you almost feel guilty. Yeah. You, you, and, and, and then, and, you know, over the summer I, I broke down and I reached out to him because I knew one, I, I trust the guy and, and he understands. He's beast, that's why <laughs> he's a beast. That's why. <laughs> but, but, hey, he, I'll be in an armor. If you ever see him, just, just, you believe that, right? But, but, uh, but no, but you, I, I, you, you, if, if you're an officer and you're suffering, suffering, Find somebody you trust. Find that officer. Find that combat veteran. Blue, you were in the military. You know, find somebody you relate to, and, and just say, I, "I've had, I had, I've had to do it, man. Something's wrong with me. I need help." Yeah. And and I and you you have to do it because, like he said, we I've always put my job over my family. Over, I mean, it's it's to me it was a calling. It was everything, and and. You, so you expect if I get shot in line of duty or I expect the department to come to my aid. Right. And mm-hmm. well, this is, you know, you have a problem with PTSD. You need help just like you're it's, it's, it's an injury you need help with. And it, it, if you're on long enough and you've been a cop, expect it to happen, expect to have problems. The longer you fight it without getting treatment, the worse it's going to get and the harder it's going to get to overcome it. Um, well, the department, the department doesn't understand it. If your if your officer is suffering, so is the department. Yeah, and the public. Suffer. And 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 that that has a click. They have their solution to it is okay. Well, this is going on. We're going to go get you fit for duty. You got to go. Yeah. Stop that, me if you yeah. stop, stop me if you heard this, guys. Twenty uh, something year veteran. Um. Car accident, 
uh, uh, found with alcohol on his breath, uh, alcohol in his patrol car. Yeah, it's happened multiple times. It, Absolutely. It, so I can tell you the situation. We won't go there, but you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head again. It, Absolutely. It's to the point where that they're, they're trying to cope with just, it got to the point where me just getting my ready in my uniform, I would get physically nauseous about having to go back into work. Uh, I mean, it, because I've got all those issues I weren't, I wasn't dealing with. So, and then, and, and so what happens is you find people, they have coping mechanisms. I can't go to work. So they have to say, I need to take the edge off. If it's, you know, prescription drugs, it's alcohol. Those guys aren't just like, Hey, I, let me just ride around and drink a fucking yeah. margarita. You know, you got one. I'm just <laughs> We're not driving, but yeah, but uh, but it's because, and that should be a warning sign when you have veterans that are that are that are doing that because they're trying to cope, uh, and and they're 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 more willing to take that risk of they losing their career help. than ask for help. Yeah, it's it's, it's sad, and, and you're afraid they're afraid to go to command staff. And, and, you know, we've had some really good chiefs over the years. I mean, we have. And we've had some of them worth two shits. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll tell you one of the best chiefs at, um, in the department. And I, and, and I respect – I love working for Kurt Putney. Good dude. Uh, and I respect it. And I like George work for Daryl Stevens. But the one the, – the, the next one that I would put was Chief Stone, Ronnie Stone. He was a cop's cop. He died, didn't he? Did he die? He's dead now, yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, we worked then, and this was during the time where I was going through a couple of shootings. There's still no help there. There's and, it, and these are tough, old school cops. And if you go to them and say, "Hey, look, something's not clicking right in the noggin here," well, you know, maybe this job's just not for you. You know, there's not a, there's not a we, and then there's nothing there. And to this day, I don't think there's enough there to take care of our of our guys that are out there working the streets every day protecting us. Well, you know, because the job doesn't entail a cop cop now. You you need a politician at the Absolutely. Time. Yeah. You need somebody that can kiss babies, that can Reboot. relate to everybody, that can put out fires, yeah. that can be the most relatable to everybody. You you can't get somebody out there like I don't know if y'all know the new coach to the Lions. Like when he was coming in saying, I want to bite kneecaps and, and, and split wigs. People was like, whoa, whoa. But that's old school coaching. That was the norm back then. But saying that now, no, you got to be a CEO now, coach. You got to be, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to do sports science and we're going to give it them. We're going to give them all that we got. We're going to be smart. We're going to play hard. Like, you can't talk like that now. You can't go out there and say, hey, we're going to rough these people up. We're going to police hard. We're going to go out here. We're going to tear these fucking streets up. You can't say that. You got to say, hey, we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to do community service and we're going to make sure our citizens are well taken care of. And and, and we're going to handle stuff at the most professional level. And we're going to do everything in our best possible way to make sure this world is a better place to live in. A bullshit. Absolutely. This world is. This world is full of dangerous people. This world is people that want to prey on people that want to do the right thing. 
And we are the line of defense between those people and the people that are doing the right thing. There are some people out there that will slit your mama's throat for a pack of oodles and noodles. 100%. Absolutely. And I think, too, I challenge, I challenge the command staff now. Get off your ass and go do some police work. They can't do it. If you put one of them in a patrol car right now and say, hey, run this check, they'll turn the uh, computer right back around to you. Be like, I don't I don't know what this is. Can you? Can or, you? or you've got someone armed that's running from you. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't have a problem to this day. I'll chase them. I don't care. But you can bet your ass they're not going to. They may talk a good game and tell you that. I call bullshit. And I've watched a lot of people come through the command staff. Like I said, there's some staff that has stood judgment of other officers when their ass should have been fired. When there's a Giglio issue because you lied because of certain things and you can't testify in freaking court, you damn sure should be passing judgment on other officers. And let me say this real quick. This isn't about coming on here and bitching and complaining about administration. This is about making sure our brothers and sisters are taken care of because guess what ladies and gentlemen guess what citizens if the boys if the boys in if the women and men in blue are mentally and physically fit then the community are taken care of but if you got slobbingly physically and mentally unfit officers out here, you're going to continue to get bad policing, bad community incidents. You're going to continue to get officers stealing stakes. You're going to continue to get officers taking $10 here, $30 here to make a, make a living. You're going to continue to get officers um, uh, double dipping. You're going to continue to get officers take uh, drinking a six pack before they go to work. You're going to continue to get officers going to work on three hours of sleep. You're going to continue to get officers l- telling a little white lie so they can keep working. This is what you're going to get until you make sure that these officers are taken care of. Period. Absolutely. And I think, too, city council, it's not city council's job to run the department. No. It's the chief's job. It's the city council's responsibility to give the department and the chief what they need, the resources, the even mental health stuff. We ask for we ask for 100 police cars. Why can't we ask for help for our officers? Budgeted. But it shouldn't even have to be budgeted. If an officer needs help, give it to him. And, and with- wouldn't it was bullshit. With with today, the, the the like you said, you know, remember after 9-11, I was a cop, he was a cop during 9-11, the the loving and out poor support. I was proud to be a cop. Absolutely. Right? And and but the way things are now is harder to deal with because you feel if it's perception or not isolated as an officer, that no one has your back, no one's looking out for you. And, and it makes it hard to deal with what you're trying to deal with. Well, I can tell you this, that when I retired and I left uh, with, with everything that had piled up with PTSD, I was ashamed of how I left mm-hmm. because of in. And it took other officers that retired. Why are you ashamed? You did. You did more here than. Then some officers doing their entire career. Yeah. 
And, and, and I went out with, you know, I went out with people in medical after 21 years with PTSD. I was diagnosed in, in October. And I was ashamed of that. Um, I was embarrassed. Uh, I didn't want to, you know, have to go to the LEC to do stuff. I was, I was worried, you know, the judge, judgment, you know, how would people look at me, you know, uh, you know, John helped me through a lot. He was the first one in CBD to go out after 26 years, 26, 20, right. 26, years. 26 years. And, you know, and, and the respect that he had for, for me and any real cop, and the, you know, for him to be able to, to do that gave me, strength one to confide in him but for you know to help me perceive myself a little differently uh you know you you see you do you sit there and you beat yourself i did not beat my own ass yeah i'm telling you right i beat my ass for hell probably for five years because that's not the way i wanted to go you know you've got majors well i mean (laughs) i'm not even gonna go there but you've got you know i wanted to go that 30. Yeah. And I feel like I let myself down when I couldn't, you know what I'm saying? And I beat my ass. Had I had that help from the department, I might have been able to go to 30, but there was nothing there. And, you know, and maybe my ego stood in the way of me asking. I didn't know who to ask. Didn't know who to ask because there was nothing there in place. EAP is a great system if you use it and it's utilized the right way. I used it every, every year. I was a police officer. I used all my EAP. Yeah. Every every single Absolutely. bit of it. How, that, that, that would, uh, what, how long after your shooting, how long were you, were you on admin or how did you did you deal deal with that? I was out a long time. And yeah. this is this is this is what I would tell you. I had a real I had a real fucking leader in Eastway Division because you want to talk about getting a phone call every day, like every day, Mr. Blue, get oh. your ass out of bed. Um, I don't care what you do. Get up, get dressed, move around, do something. What you need? Yeah. If, if, if she didn't have an answer for me, she would get a veteran officer that was in the shooting to call me and be like, hey, what you feeling? Okay. This is what happens. This is what tell me what you're feeling. Okay. Get over it or whatever the conversation was. That that's what leaders do. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a day that went by that I didn't get a phone call. And I I know who the leader is. Yeah. And I'm telling you now, it, she's not one of those that's self-serving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cares. The ones that are sitting up there now, they're self-serving jackasses. Mm-hmm. And and they're in it for themselves. I want to I want to retire at top chiefs pay or whatever top pay that I can get. I understand taking care of yourself, but as a leader, you have a responsibility to the people that you're that you're leading and supervising. And and I know who you're talking about. She, she, she she's probably one of the best. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Yeah, she. Uh, I, I worked for her, and it was a pleasure. She's probably one of the best captains. I've I, I've been fortunate, you know, to to have several several good captains, but, uh, she, you know, she treats everybody fairly. She takes up for losses when they need to be taken up for and hold people. She'll hold you accountable. And that's what you need. Just fairness. Just, you know, she, you know, she, she didn't treat me different because my skin tone or, mm-hmm. or she, she, 
she always treated me from day one with respect, and she would with everybody. And, if and not only that, but if you messed up, she's going to get in your ass. Yeah, that's what you need. You oh, need yes. Absolutely. Yes. And, and, and officers understand, hey, if I fuck up, I'll take responsibility. Let me go be a cop. Let me do my job in the round. You know, you have state law that allows you to do, you know, I, I don't know where this much. And then you have policy that restricts you even further. That's right. And then just let us, let us stay with that realm and do our job. And because we, I want to catch back. They're like, just let me go catch bad guys. Let me, let me go after bad guys. And, and uh, it, it's, it's just hard to do now. So I got a couple um, questions for you guys. Um, when I don't want to put it all on, admin so let's bring it back to us as as police officer as our own culture what are some of the things that us as a community as a police community what are some of the things we can look out for in our own communities in the locker room that can help ourselves out when because you know administration they got their own things going on what can we do on the front lines to help each other out because what can we do? Can it be pulling each other side? Hey, blue, blue normally dresses really nice. Now his shit is all sloppy. Hose yeah. looks. What, what's be, going on? What we, can we look for with that? We need to be cognizant of everybody else that we work with, because sometimes we we see that problem before anybody else does. Even the person that has it. Hey, what's going on? You know, you, do we need, let's go talk. Let's have a beer and talk. Yeah. And when you do that, you learn something. Okay. This, this is maybe an issue, something we need to address. And then you can kind of take, but I, I think we've all gotten away from that. I, I know that we didn't do that back in the day. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to do. It, it, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you, you jackass, what do you mean? I got a problem. You know, those, I mean, that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> I'm good. And then you go home and drink two or three pints of liquor. <laughs> and you smell like liquor that much. That was sure not a lot for you. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you sit there and and we just, at the end of the day, we don't take care of each other the way we should. We leave command staff out of the picture. We don't take care of each other and the way we should. So, but you know, they sent a hundred of us to Chicago back in 2012. And I could tell you, or you know, I've got some friends at NYPD and the camaraderie that they have for not only their own police department, but their uh, other law enforcement officers. If you go to Chicago, I mean, they took care of us. Is you know, it doesn't matter. You know, CPD is bad to have a reputation or these larger, you know, larger agencies to treat people below them differently. Like I'm better than you, or you know, I'm on SWAT or I'm on FMT. I'm better than I'm detective. You know, it's just a lot of that bickering. When when we wear the same badge, you know, we went to the same we. We did the same job. Yeah. And and like Justin said, you know, you got to make, make sure you're holding each other accountable. So, you know, if 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 he's having a bad day because he's having an argument with his wife or, or you know, whatever, wife. 27 girlfriends or something, be like, dude, <laughs> look, just you, you, you have to be like, look, I'll take your calls. Dude, just, just back me up. I'll take it. I'll take lead and just just yeah. chill. You, you have to be and know your partner. Uh, we call you call it piggyback, you know, like like you know, you'd find somebody and you just answer calls. Hey, give me that for so and so. You just can't know your partner, know know their mannerisms. Uh, if if you know, I, I should be able to grab him or he grab me aside and tell me to get my head out of my ass, or you know, if I made a you know tactical bad decision or 
you know, getting ready to let somebody get on my skin to to check me. And that's what you have to do. You have to keep each other in check. Not you know, not only for the community, but for each other. We're I'm looking after. He's looking after me. Absolutely. And, you know, I can't. I, I, you you have to rely on to to do that. That's that's one of the things that I used to love as a kid when I grew up. What did we all see? It was buddy cop movies. It was yeah. always. They were buddy cops. And then one of the weird things when I got to CMPD, it was like, it was like, do we normally ride by ourselves? Now I get it, it was a numbers thing, but one of the things I used to look forward to was it was on Thursdays, you know, you get to double, you get to double up. Yep. It was the best thing ever. You get to oh, yeah. double up with your buddy. That's and right. then it got to the point where you couldn't double up. And it was like, then you're alone by yourself. Then it was like, well, you know. If you're going to be alone, you know, make sure you're car to car. Then it got to the point where don't be car to car because people are complaining you're car to car. And then it's like, it's like what, it's like, what can you do? It's like you're alone. So how can somebody know that Blue had a rough time with his wife? So now on that call, if he's real short with a guy, how do I know that? Because I don't know what the fuck is going on with Blue's life because we got to ride alone. So it's like, now you they're so short on people, how do teams come in and they reel the call? So you're answering, and Charlotte's a big agency, you know, you're, you're answering calls with people that you've never seen before in your life. And like, so he'll be on a call with me and, and people expect us to know, I don't know who this guy is. I've never seen him. I don't know, I don't know how he's going to work, but. Well, the department is so young now. And the department is so young. You know, when, when I retired, I think I was 49th in seniority. Somewhere. What, what is your code 50, number? 540. 540. I think I think one time I took a call with a guy. I think he was wearing a onesie. I kid you not. Like he like showed up and he was wearing like a twenty four T. And I was like, "Yo, what?" He was like, "I was like, did they like call you out your sleep? Like, what the fuck? How old are you?" He's like, "I, I'm telling you, it's like it's so weird." And you expect these young guys to come in and talk to this forty year old dude that's from the streets, and he got this. He got this guy that got peach fuzz mustache trying to tell him what to do. And he's like, yo, you just got here, didn't you? Yeah, well, I'm going to have fun right. with you. He's going to ask you. are a rookie, aren't you? Yeah. They'll ask you. You're a rookie, hey, aren't you? Oh, so I had a question. I asked one of my buddies uh, in the military. He asked me, uh, and I didn't know because I, I didn't have the opportunity to serve in the military. But did, did the military pre- prepare you for law enforcement? Was it an easy transition going from military to law enforcement? The it prepared me for the uniform, the physical training, the mental aspect of it, and the sense of duty and certain aspects it, it did. The orders, you know, um, the chain of command, all that shit went out the window the first week because there was no chain of command. It was like people was coming in. I saw people calling people uh, above them by their first name. Like, hey, John. I was like, John, that's a sergeant. Like, what the fuck you mean, John? Like, oh, like, like, it, like, even when you became a sergeant, I didn't say John. It was like, hey, Sarge, how you doing? Like, it was, hey, no, you. I, I called him MFR. <laughs> well, shit, you invented a whole fucking uh, crew within CMP, so you could call him whatever you want. But it was just. You know, the military, it provided certain uh, 
it provided certain uh, prerequisites for me. Yes, the military does help with certain things. That's why um, jobs look for um, military veterans because it does prepare you for a lot of things because it, it gives you, you know, you're taught to be on time. You're taught to listen. You're taught to uh, be neat. You're taught to um, pay attention. You're taught to report. So it's, it's all that stuff, and it's just about applying it to whatever it is whatever you're doing. And they know if you got an honorable discharge from the military, then you can you can pretty much survive anywhere. But yeah. if you got a dishonorable discharge, it's like, well, if you couldn't do right for Uncle Sam, then you can't flip burgers. So that's how it goes. Yeah. It gave you that structure. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Roundabout way it gives you structure. Yeah. They, uh, and, and I think they got, I mean, I, I was there, I went to the academy today to visit some folks, you know, that I haven't seen in a while. And, and I do that occasionally to, it, it, it grounds me. It makes me happy that I'm not there anymore. So, you know what I mean? You start seeing some of these people go, what's your code number? 8,000. I mean, he's a lieutenant. You know what I mean? He's still in a freaking pamper. It's but, people I went to the academy with that's on the lieutenant list. And I'm like, Huh? Okay. Yeah. And I bet you, I've, I've seen you when you were scared of the canine dog, but you're a lieutenant now. Okay, I guess. But then, More power you know, to you. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's about our mental health, you know. And yeah, this isn't this is and, and there's some people the negative that came out of the last war and whatever. This isn't about bashing the, the administration. No. It's it's just being honest. Mm-hmm. Being honest. And, and I and I yeah. challenge any one of them, like I said, to go out and work with a real police with a real police officer. You wear the badge, but doing real police work and getting that shit in your head, um, getting that shit in your head that sits there and it lays dormant and dormant until you run across that situation again and you beat little dog shit out of somebody because of something that sat in the back of your head and it happens. Yeah. It happens. And, and then you, you, then you're labeled as a, you know, you're a problem, you're a problem child. Well, jackass, you created this problem. Help me fix it. Imagine doing your job and then being told go home for three days without pay. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Been there, done that, or thirty for TikTok videos. Oh, th- which, by the way, I like. Hello. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, and, you know. But being real though is is I was almost relieved that I I've never had, in in 21 years the most I, there's two to th- there's three times in my career that I had two weeks off I went to Germany for two weeks my son was born I took two weeks and I had flu turned into like double pneumonia I was like oh my god I need and I was, you know I was like I need a rest but things didn't get any better having that time away 30 days I knew I was in trouble when I was away for 30 days. And I'm still having nightmares and, you know, flashbacks and all this issue. It wouldn't get any better. And because time away from it doesn't do any better, it's, you have to deal with it. And, 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 and you, it's hard to do. And it's just, a, and we're not criticizing the department. There's a lot of good administration. Uh, administration. There are? Well, I don't say a lot. There's a couple. There, no, there, there, <laughs> but, but it's a culture that we talked about that, they have to have we what do we you know you have a checklist where you go to a DVSL, we call this, give them this resource and everything, right? Or a, a child that is a victim of you have CDCP, you have all but I need help. And and I have officers telling me 
They're asking the department for help. Uh, Dr. E's, you know, if you're at the department and you're struggling, contact you know, Dr. E's at the department. He's 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 wonderful. He understands. He was in the military. Uh, you know, uh, I think combat veteran, but he he gets the culture. So as police officers, I can't go to my neighbor if I'm having issues and right. try to tell them what I'm dealing with. Who's a banker, right, or something? Love love them to death, but they don't get it. It's like you you we need somebody we could talk to that understand and be sympathetic. But the culture has to be there in the administration to allow us to 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 seek help and have a plan in place when it, when it when it comes down or people to talk to. Uh, well, I can tell you that that, that if there's officers that, and I know there, I mean the department's what eighteen hundred strong now, sworn officers, something like that. Allegedly, um, yeah, so it's like nineteen or yeah, it's, I mean, they're short. There's no doubt they're short a lot of different ways too. But if, if there's an officer that need help, I, I mean, talk to me, talk to John. Yeah. Because we've been there. Talk to you. Yeah. We, the three of us that are sitting here have been through living hell. And we have. All I can tell I, I the blue, I know you and I know how good a man you are in your heart and John Collins. I'm more than willing if you you know, if you have an issue, reach out to me, man. I mean, I'm more than willing. You can dude, I don't know how many and vice versa, how many times I call John to just open up and he just, he listened to me. And that's important. And we do it because we care about our brothers and sisters. I don't have to know you to care that's about right. you. If, nope. if, if you're an officer in your need, and, and that's, that's the mentality that our administration needs to have is, is to, to care about just, just, you know, I, I still, you know, I, somebody just texts me and be like, Hey, step, thank you for sharing with our department. Nothing. I mean, other than my friends, no one's contacted me since October. There's been no no administration at the department for when I when I went out medical for my PTSD and when I retired uh, to thank me or have a good good rid of you know good anything. And you you find out how, you know you got eight when I came on the department in '85. I think we had like 650 officers, 700 officers, not a lot, but we knew everybody. And then now, you know, you talk, you got you go through your career. You know, you do a lot of things with a lot of different people. You've experienced it. We've all had it. But when you're gone, you find out who your friends really friggin' are. Yeah. And, it, and 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 have we need to stick together. It's not like John said, I don't have to be your best buddy. I don't have to be your best friend. But we have a common, and that common is a badge. And that's what we need to rely on. Fraternity. It is and brothers and sisters. And if we don't take care of each other, we're gonna see the suicide rate among police officers rise. And and it's already if you've got one, it's way too high. And and John, you you've known officers that worked for this department that killed themselves. More than one. Yeah. So it more than one. And and I think Blue, you have the statistics or something last week. You're you're more likely to have a lose an officer suicide than than uh, by by gunfire or car wreck or something. So yeah. Uh, yes. And some some larger agencies are dealing with bad. We we've been fortunate in that area too. But there's good co- and, and why do they do it? Same reason they they're drinking on duty or they're popping pills or they're yeah, doing something. They're trying to cope, and it gets to the point where you feel like they're you're in a box and there's no way out. And and to some people, that's their only option. Absolutely right. And yeah. and and it doesn't make them weak. It doesn't make them uh, bad people. But we. We need to take responsibility and 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 make it easier for these people to to seek seek help. 
and, and be there for them. You know, or have people sign volunteers in the, in the department. You know, like peer support, they have. Like, but, but peer support only works if if people use it. Yeah. It's there and it's in place. Yeah. yeah. But you have yeah. to use it for it to work. And you have to have people on that peer support group that have done what we've done. I mean, mm-hmm. if been, I don't, I don't mind sitting on it, but they don't want me. They won't be sitting on anything because I have a tendency <laughs> to talk shit. And I'm and I'm glad that you said that, JC. And I'm glad that I got step here, and I'm glad that I got the viewers here and everybody that's here because you know at first I was trying to save it or whatever, and but I feel like I can I can say it here and to those who and you can share it or whatever. Here. Me since the last episode, me me and Steph have gotten an overwhelming um, response to it and we're, we feel so blessed and we're thankful everybody reached out. And like Steph was saying, we've gotten, I've gotten requests from people I don't even know. I, did, I had no idea from not just the department, from other departments, not just from North Carolina, but from other departments across the world. Just a, a thank you, a friend request. Thank you for speaking out. Thank you for talking. And me and Step have just been going back and forth, and we was like, "Hey, you know what? This feels right, and I think that this is something that should be done more. And this is something that's not out there. And I think that this is something that him and I should do more of. And I think that we're going to. No, it's not we're going to, but we are going to." do this more me and him are going to team up and we're going to start doing we're going to do a show together to where we're going to talk about issues um that deals with um policing um community issues um not only just in the charlotte area but other areas um we're going we're going to reach out to our brothers and sisters we're going to reach out to our brothers and sisters in the community, not just in the policing, because the first time when I ran this across a very good friend of mine, he said, the one thing I don't want you to do is become heavy handed and lose yourself, which means, you know, don't be so heavy handed when it comes to, you know, and the police issues. And I said, I get that, but it, we're going to cover everything because, but the whole thing about me and step together were different backgrounds, different views. But the thing that brought us together was our love for the badge and what we did and how we served our community. So we're going to come together and we're going to do this and we're going to have platform for our brothers and sisters to sit in their patrol cars for them to vent, for them to, to um, ask questions for them to um, talk about their issues. We're going to give out resources. We're going to talk about some things that may be bothering you, some things that um, you may want to know more about, some current events, some past events. We may just get on one week and we may just shit and tell a whole bunch of stories, right, Jay? Just something to get you. We've all been there. It's a slow night and we looking for something to listen to and you might pop on, be like, what Jay and them talk about? We may be talking about how we was chasing a crackhead down the street and we bust our ass and and whatever, whatever the case may be. So, what say it, Jay? What you think? No, no I got you, bro. And, and, and I feel like I, the way I felt when I was on is no one's taken up or speaking for the officers. There's mm-hmm. uh, so 
it, it there, there's a need for that and to be, you know, to be fair and to be honest, but it's not only CMPD that are having these issues. It doesn't matter if you're CMPD, if you're Concord, if you're Philly, if you're LA, if you're, you know, small town, big town, sheriff, they're, they're dealing with the same uh, issues that we are, a call for service, the, whether it's the shootings, you know, some more, some less, but it doesn't matter. It still affects you. And then, then you know, there's a lot of departments with the admin that are having the same issue. So they can relate. And it's not only law enforcement, public safety, first, know, responders. first responders, nurses, yeah. doctors. Absolutely. Uh, and and I, you know, believe it or not, you know, on my, my, my Facebook profile is request only. And I, and I usually if somebody sends me a request, as long as it's not a fake account or, but I had a, a lady reached out for, to me and, and, and I was kind of surprised and a little suspicious. She's a, a, kind of a community activist, anti-kind of police thing. But you know what? I accepted her to, because, I, one, I don't have anything to hide on my profile. But we need I'm, – I'm not afraid of, 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 of hard questions or criticism because we, we need that input for the community because to, to become better but also to, to maybe – Correct some issues that they the perceptions that we there could, you go we could, there you go that we could correct so you know and they have some valid points but there's some points that we could we could talk about constructively and maybe change the perception and no one does that because they're worried about well from your from what you do from what you're talking about doing is you're not going to share code if you want to no, know the no. truth. Ask, if you want to know the truth, ask your line officers. Ask the guys that work the front line. And, and, and they, they talk about, you know, I've, I've heard them say how good uh, morale is and, and, oh, morale's good. And I'm like, it's not. Bullshit. They don't yeah. want to hear it. And, and I t- I'll tell my reporter friends, I'm like, you know what? You want to know? There is just going to call me, hey, this is off the record. How's morale? I haven't spoken to one person who's like, hey, I'm, this is, you know, it, morale's not there. And it all ties back. Nine out of ten people you ask has something to do with higher levels than they are. Uh, so you have to change the culture, be there and be supportive for anything to get better. Well, what they need officers, and it doesn't matter when you've got homicide captains and, and, and they see the worst, they need to be able to go somewhere and not worry about repercussions. You need, Bingo. To, go, you need to go somewhere and worry about taking care of yourself and not worry about being judged by those that shouldn't be judging and telling you, you can't be a cop. Well, I can't be a cop. You'll give me the right help. I can do this 30 years. I don't have to stop at 25. And in, in, in my personal opinion, and 25 years is long enough to do this shit. I mean, it's 25 years is long enough. They've got, I think they've got it now where it's reduced benefits at 25. It should be full benefits at 25, regardless of age, because this is long enough. People don't get the strains that go on your, your, that sit there with you. I mean, hell, I can't tell. I'm going to tell you right now, and I'll say it in front of everybody. Have there been times that I thought about offering myself? Damn skippy. But I got a family, yeah. and that's a selfish way out. And I don't want to think that way, and I haven't. I haven't late, you know what I'm saying, I haven't in a long time because I did get the right help that I needed to take care of me and my family. Um, but we have to, it has to be, you know, uh, we have to be able to give somebody that outlet to speak to somebody and express their feelings so they don't have those repercussions. And not only us, but our family members. Yeah. How did, I mean, we, we both have horror stories about our friends or even us personally, what we've dealt with 
from from us willing to go out here and do this job, what what you know, if it's our sons or daughters, our wives, girlfriends, husbands, who uh, what they suffered and yeah. from so it's not only about us and you know the resources out there for the families, for the you know, uh, for the wives and the you know, find find a support group. Uh, for the wife and they it's thing they won't you know your wife and my wife know each other and they can relate because they're both dealing with good looking strong and, and no, yours lives your yeah 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 well listen it's like you well, see especially a mine but um wives each other they automatically relate because they're like hey you understand me i understand you right so so it needs to be more of that too uh and I feel like, and I feel like this is really, um, I really feel like that with, with what me and you can possibly do is this will work because this also, and number one, we have no ties. So we don't have to worry about anybody saying, Hey, you can't say this. You can't say that. Hey, uh, so-and-so wants to speak to you because you said this. We can, um, you know, we can say what we want to say, and we can say what needs to be said. Do this uh, if we were still active with the department, we couldn't do this. Yeah. We, no, there's there's no way. It, it'd be, no yeah, way. We'd be punished. We you you, you they wouldn't allow it. So no you have a voice, and, and so I'm like contact me if you have issues, if you have questions, if there's an issue you want us to bring up. And we'll be fair. We're not. We're not. And anonymous, and we'll be anonymous if yeah. you want. I mean, well, let's call it like it is. People been anonymous. We'll will be the fuck. It's we'll good. be a virtual Cedar Post because that's what that's what Cedar Post has been doing for years. Yeah, yeah. All that shit on that's been there for years that they've been trying to silence or whatever. But we'll just we'll just do it with more tact and a little more um a little more uh fucking a little more. They're a little more. They're a little more sophomore on that on that website. Yeah, yeah. We'll be a little more geared towards actually helping officers. Even it real, honest. I mean, so so people can't get upset if we're speaking the truth, and it's not pretty or offensive. You know, this is real freaking life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's it's not a, what we want the perception to be. It's 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 what reality is, and that's what we have to bring out and expose and change for the better. Not for me, no, nothing that, that you and I are doing or John sitting here uh, taking the time to do this. We're not benefiting from this. We're not getting paid. We're, we we do it because we give a shit. That's right. Right. And, you know, and, if, and, if, and if one officer, if we can do this or y'all do this and one officer says, I can't do what I'm thinking up here, yeah. like we just talked about, by God, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. It's absolutely worth it. And the department doesn't do something and do something quickly. They're going to lose a lot of officers that are, they're going to retire. They're going to quit. They're going to leave early. And it only is only going to hurt the department and the people that they serve. And and let's make, let's make a vow right now. Instead of saying the department, let's say departments. The police departments all over. The department, right? It the same issues are affecting NYPD guys. They're affecting small town cops, and these these are whatever. I guarantee, whatever every issue we we talked about, 
is happening everywhere. And that's why we bond. If, if we go to Chicago, Dallas, New York, po- BFE, Kentucky, and, and we run into the cop, we, we have a common, common, it's like a brother, you know, like in the military, you, you find somebody in the military and you can relate to Hey, them. what's it like over there? What's yeah. it like down there? What's and your you, department like? And you have, but you have those assholes, and I always hate the 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 cops so where someone from out of town or somebody comes, hey man, I'm and they're like, oh yeah, whatever. Like, I'm like don't don't do that. I stopped a guy for running stop sign. Of course, I was working in the South Division. They weren't allowed to do the you know, stop sign. I did one. I did for a couple of years. I didn't shoot me. Um, so we <laughs> sat there and. And this guy goes, hey, I don't know if it matters or not, but my brother's a police officer in New York. It's damn right it matters. That stop sign don't matter. You matter. Your brother matters. Y'all have a good day. If you need anything, here's my number. Why are you here? If you need help, let me know. That doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't happen. No. Because the families of the brothers in blue, brothers and sisters, are just as important as the ones wearing the badges. Every bit is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's another story for another um, episode. Um, You guys been awesome um like i said um me and step we're we're going to do this we're still in the think tank we're putting all this stuff together and when we when we get everything together and we launch trust me you guys are going to know um we're going to make sure we're going to do this right and we're going to make sure it's it's we're going to make sure it's something great and it's something sustainable and it's something that's going to help and we're, it's something that's going to make a difference. We're passionate about it. We will, this is something yeah. we want to do. And, and reach out to us, you know, on Facebook. I'm John, J-O-N, Step. Google it, you'll see it. I'm, I'm in uniform. I'm sure the department likes it. Yeah, it's exactly. So hit me up on Facebook, TOG4280. That's my Instagram and TikTok. You can look at my videos. Uh, you can now anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, but, but, and then, and then Blue, you got a link to your social media. Yes, I'm. I'm at Real Prince Blue on Twitter. I'm Prince Blue on Facebook and Real Prince Blue on Instagram. Just reach out to me. Um, Ask the question. Send the DMs. Yes. And, and I promise you, if you, we'll, we'll bring it up. And and if if you're struggling and it's happened, I'll since. We've we've opened a lot of uh, discussions, but since since like you said, since we we did our last episode, people that I haven't known been like, hey, you know, do you mind reach if this person reaches out? No, absolutely. But I can tell you, there's officers that need help, they're hurting, and they don't know where to go. So that's what we need to change and what we have to make better. And if you have some topics or something you want us to talk about, please email either one of us, and we'll bring them we'll bring them up on the next episode and we'll talk about him. Um, the man, the legend, John Collins. So don't start. You'll start acting like Steph. Be full of shit now. <laughs> he came out the woods just to do this episode. I feel honored, man. Hey, he's got like, a I'm, I'm honored and thank you for what you're doing to try to bring awareness, brother. Thank you both. Oh, no. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, thank everybody out there that's listening. And like I said, please, please, Share this video, please. Um, subscribe, please. Be on the lookout for um what me and Step have um cooking. It's going to be very very good. Um, please. Um, make sure you talk to um somebody. Um, anybody that's dealing with um mental health issues, they don't have to wear a uniform. Just anybody, family member, um, neighbor, anybody, because 
Um, you don't want to ignore it because it will come to your front door, your front step. We've seen it. You know, we've seen it uh, too often, not only in law enforcement, but, but calls we get to. But make sure, and I know you will, uh, Prince is probably t- tonight or tomorrow going to have the video posted of the podcast. And yes. Then, then, so it's going to be on. Check out his, his website, his webpage. And same thing, I'll post it on mine at John Step and uh, all that cool stuff. So, and John didn't have social media; he's still writing. I just <laughs> chills my name. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's still on a typewriter, but we'll we'll get him there. We'll get him there. We'll get him there. Everybody, thank you. Uh, everybody, be safe, be good, and we'll see you next time. We are out. Be thank safe, you. everybody. Awesome.